Greetings, milksters, and welcome to this, a very special post-Christmas mini-milk episode. Uh, I'm David Davis, one half of the tumultuous tag team that presents the Milking It podcast, the only podcast that tugs the teeth of popular culture until it explodes all over your face. Um, Boo Lamont is not here. He is uh, going about his business, and uh, we will be back to normal in January. Uh, Obviously, it's been a a lean month in December, only one uh, Milking It podcast, and then this, a little special treat for those who tug the teeth. But it's a festive one, because uh, as I record this, it's the day after Boxing Day, the 27th of December uh, 2013. And um, basically, it's it's that weird sort of time, isn't it, where you're sort of sat there and you're not really sure what day of the week it is. It happens to be a Friday, but it certainly doesn't feel like one. Uh, There's not much on the telly. You've enough turkey to sink a battleship, and you're sat back and thinking, what can I do for the next 10 or 15 minutes? Well, you can listen to this. The Mini Milk top fives. These are the uh, collective top fives of a number of individuals who are involved in the Milking It podcast. Uh, You'll hear uh, both myself and Boo. Uh, We uh, recorded this a couple of weeks ago as part of what was going to be part one of a two-part special, but thanks to technical difficulties and uh, both of us having jobs which sort of sap our life, our strength and our very will to exist, uh, didn't come around to being published. So uh, also thanks to the wonders of iTunes booting it as uh, being a corrupt data file. Uh, The only thing corrupt about the data around here is what you'll find on Booley's hard drive. Um, But yes, so you'll hear myself and Boo uh, with chit-chatting about our top fives. Uh, We've also got the wonderful uh, Jay Hodgkins, uh, who is uh, well known to you all as uh, the the host of two of our most popular elements of the Milking It podcast. Uh, he hosts the Sticky Floor Fun Emporium and uh, the uh, Backstory Bollocks, uh, which uh, both bookmark uh, what is normally just general rambling chit chat from myself and Mr. Lamont. Uh, so you'll hear his top five, plus you'll hear his uh, Backstory Bollocks on Santa, uh, and you'll also hear the uh, top five from uh, Judas uh, Carter, who uh, uh, came on board with us and did a mini milk a few weeks ago, which was proved extremely popular, especially among the wrestling fans, obviously, um, which we got some uh, really good feedback. So thank you for that. Uh, so Judas presents his top five as well, which is uh, is written. So will be read by myself. So uh, I will be doing that in just a moment. And also, we have the man who, the man who makes Morrissey seem like an excited teenage girl. Yes, it's the uh, always upbeat Dino Peppers. Uh, he did the artwork, uh, the artwork which I constantly have difficulty uh, attaching to our files. But uh, yeah, he did the main milking it artwork. He's a friend of the show, as they say, and the uh, keeper of eight o'clock comics dot com. So do, do go across there. There's some great stuff, and I know some really good stuff in the pipeline that uh, might also involve uh, a couple of your favourite uh, milking it hosts uh, myself and boo obviously um yes so uh, dino presents his uh jay presents his myself and boo and also the wonderful judas um let us know your thoughts uh when when you get a chance and uh, post it on the facebook page which is uh, ever growing we've had more likes this month than ever uh in fact we've had more listens than ever and um boo and i uh, i may as well have a bit of a chit chat with you i haven't spoken to you this late for ages. Uh, Boo and I started this in uh, in August of this year and um, I'm not afraid to say that the first episode wasn't brilliant audio quality. Now the the, the quantity and what was involved in it was was fine. Uh, the ingredients that went into it were superb but uh, yeah it wasn't the best audio quality yet uh, that first episode uh, we had uh, it actually got almost 100 listens. I think it was something like 87 people downloaded it and listened to it. 
which blew my mind. I couldn't even believe that anyone would want to listen to us. So steadily that's grown and steadily that's increased. And we've got to the point now where... Uh, yeah, the average milking it podcast when we can be asked to put one up or you know and i i entirely hold my hand up as responsible for that um the, the, on average now is getting well over two thousand listens a month uh so each episode gets over two thousand listens we've now done like 12 episodes uh this will be the mini milk which will be the 13th and i'm literally blown away i really really uh ah oh, absolutely wonderful thank you very very much for every single one of you who's uh, downloaded listened recommended liked on facebook given us a review on itunes it all helps on there and uh, obviously if you download the mp3 direct then uh, that all counts to those listens uh, every single month so thank you very much for being on board january uh heralds a new year and uh, a new start for the milking it podcast uh, in terms to returning to regularity we'll go back to our once a week schedule uh where we'll be bringing you obviously all the best geek news we possibly can and uh, all the uh, events and happenings in the world of geek uh but also expanding you know introducing new friends there'll be more mini milks so uh, we'll be bringing on board some of the regulars from the facebook page plus some of the uh, exciting outsiders that boulamont meets in his everyday life uh, so they'll expect a, a lot more chit chat about wrestling a huge more uh, chit chat about batman uh there'll be loads more discussion obviously as we get closer to the to the new films that are coming out next year and uh, x-men and all that kind of stuff which i genuinely can't wait to get involved with and uh, as boo teaches me more about marvel so we learn more about his sordid sexual past so i suppose as is uh, tradition uh, should continue with the idea of uh, a milking it sort of episode uh, intro so uh <coughs> Welcome everyone to the podcast that tugs the teeter popper culture and explodes all over your face. I'm David Davis. And I'm Bill Lamont. So here we are. It's a mini milk instead of episode 12. Can you imagine episode 12? What we got there and how apt. It's the Christmas episode for the Milking It podcast in the form of a mini milk. 12. Like the 12 days of Christmas. But there won't be 11 time lords a-leaping. Oh no, there won't be two turtle doves mutated by ooze. No, our five gold rings will be wrestling ones. Oh yes, we're more geeky than a Trekkie dressed as a stormtrooper, attending a Comic-Con inside the TARDIS. And more shameless than that stuff Boo got up to in that girls' school in 1998. This is the Milking It Podcast. Merry Christmas for the Milking It podcast. Uh, so, this is a little bit different. As we said, it's a mini milk. We're just going to run through these top five. To start off, uh, this was recorded about three weeks ago between Boo and myself. So, here is our chit chat. And Boo and myself, we both give you our top five Christmas films of all time. You want to milk it and you know. Now, Dave. Uh, in the early days of the Milking It podcast, we had yes. a segment quite popular, which was our top fives. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. So I thought, being that it's nearly Christmas, um, as a little gift to the milksters, we thought we would uh, bring back top five, but with a seasonal flavour. So um, <coughs> for the next two weeks, we will be presenting um, the top five Christmas mm. movies. 
Absolutely. So this week, uh, Boo and I are going to uh, give us, <laughs> or give us, give you our top five movies. Uh, so Boo's going to do his, I'll do mine. Um, and then obviously we invite your comments on Facebook for us milking it. Um, we've got uh, Jay's, we've got Dino, and we've got uh, Andrew Julius Carter's uh, stuff coming up. And But any top fives you want to put on facebook we'll discuss next week if there's anything that we don't cover in ours and anything you disagree with anything you'd like please let us know yes dave so um <clears throat> i'm gonna jump straight in with my number five movie um the bruce willis action classic die hard set around mm. christmas um mm. obviously everyone's seen this film and if you haven't milks just get on it now and why you listen to a podcast like this when you haven't seen a movie like die hard uh, <laughs> But yes, um, terrorists take over the Nakatomi Plaza. Bruce Willis goes in to save the day in his vest and bare feet. It's a Christmas classic for me. Um, it's got that good uh, that, that good time ending as well. So um, number five for me is the action classic Die Hard. Um, number four, David, mm. is um, is a horror film that I saw a couple of years ago. I've actually got it on DVD um, called Black Christmas. Uh, it's really creepy. Um, not a lot of well-known people in it, um, mm. and a, a, just a really watchable horror film, uh, and one for the seasonal t- uh, tides as well. So um, if, if you can track it down, it's from the 70s. It's called Black Christmas. Um, they did do a remake, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> number three on my list. I've actually got a toss-up between two movies here. Um, my number two and number one movie were quite easy. The number three movie, I wanted to throw a comedy in there. Mm. So it's a toss-up between Bad Santa... Uh, a comedy for adults, and um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Got to Get Jamie the Chobel Man Doll, Jingle All the Way, um, which also stars, I believe, uh, The Big Show, Paul Wright? Yes, I believe so, yeah. He does have a little cameo in that. So, B- Bad Santa is uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Um, mm. It's a, a comedy about a, basically a, a, a drunk kind of bum version of um, he's a mall Santa. Um, Really, really funny movie. One of those kind of gross-out comedies as well. Yeah. Uh, recommend watching it with your kids. But um, I would recommend uh, maybe when the when the kids are in bed and the stockings are up, get yourself a copy of Bad Santa to enjoy. And, and of course, Jingle All The Way. Um, Arnie's not known for great comedies. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it's, 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 it's a very watchable uh, little Christmas movie. My number two and my number one I'm going to touch on a bit more. Mm. Um Number two on my list uh, stars Bill Murray, and it's a, um, a retelling of the classic uh, Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Um, it's Scrooge. Now, uh, I, you must have seen this film, Dave. Yes, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, amazing film. Just very cool. Details right here on the Movie Podcast. No, um, Scrooge is a really good um, a good comedy. It's an 80s classic, and it's Bill Murray at his best. Yeah. Um, now, my number one movie, um, every... I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to disappoint most. I'm not a massive Christmas guy. I, <laughs> because I've worked in um, various places during Christmas, it's kind of sullied my uh, my my Christmas spirit. But there is one tradition I hold dear, and that is my my uh, annual viewing of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, I love this film. Um, everything about this film for me screams Christmas. It's Chevy being brilliant. It's it's just. <laughs> Just a great movie. So I highly recommend you track down a copy of Christmas Vacation. But then again, I'm sure it's number one on a lot of you guys' list. Um, 
as I said, for me, it's not Christmas until I've cracked out a copy of Christmas Vacation. So, um, so yeah, that, that's my little mixed-up list of um, Christmas movies uh, for your Yuletide pleasure. So, David, mm. okay. let me hear your favourite Christmas films for this annual Yuletide uh, tidings. Yeah, I, well, I felt quite guilty because I, I picked stuff that no one else seems to have picked, but... Uh... Um, my number five would be, and this won't seem to be a surprise for anyone who's involved, would be Batman Returns. Only because it's set at Christmas and it does have that Christmassy feel. And whenever I think, oh yeah, I'll put a Christmas film on, Batman Returns is one of those films that I think, right, I'm going to definitely watch. Uh, 1992, it was the follow-up to the 1989 uh, Burton film. Um I wasn't old enough to really understand why people didn't like it. I was old enough just to get excited by the fact there was a new Batman film because obviously the original was out and I loved it. And then this one came out. It's like, oh my God, there's there's two villains. You've got Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer in that skin-tight suit. Please, Dave, please wait. There were three villains. We've mentioned this before on the Milking It podcast. (laughs) Max Shrek. Max Shrek, Batman for me, yeah, completely. Who who never did anything, never existed outside of that film. Gotta but, have more Batman. But you know, it was just a great film and absolutely wonderful. And they even had Miss Christmas, uh, you know, the uh, the the, uh, the character that got destroyed by falling into a Christmas tree, courtesy of a penguin. But um, yeah, for me, that would, that would be definitely my number five. Number four um, is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, I saw this at the cinema in 1992. I'm not ashamed to say. And uh, absolutely loved it. And it's possibly the only, mm, other than Batman films, the only Michael Caine film I've actually watched. So ignore the Italian job. Please crucify me as you will. For knowing that information, but um, yeah. yeah, I've got to say, Dave, that's that is shocking to me. Um, he's a great actor. Highly he is, rec- absolutely. Highly recommend the man who would be king. Mm. I think that's was that the one. Um, that's with Sean Connery. That's a great movie. Sorry, yeah, it, but, I, I, I'm sure many people say you know Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and this that and the other. But oh yeah. Jesus, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was brilliant. Steve Martin. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely, and and and. You know, I'm I'm very sorry. I've not seen those films, but I have seen A Muppet's Christmas Carol, uh, which is an adaptation, obviously, of the Charles Dickens novel, um, and I love it. It's one of my favourite Christmas movies of all time. I I can happily watch that every single year, which again is the same with my number three choice, which would be The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, again, saw that at the cinema in 1993. Um, it's not so much Tim Burton because obviously directed by Henry Selick, who has gone on to amazing things with Coraline and stuff like that. But uh, the, the the main draw was it was Tim Burton at that time for me anyway. So obviously I come off the back of the Batman. Go on. Did Henry Selick do Paranorman? Yes, he did. Ah, oh. it's a fantastic film. Beautiful and so many little hints and leaks to the universal horror movies and everything else are oh, just perfect. But yes, 
on this movie um uh, henry selick uh, directed co-produced by tim burton uh, it had that tim burton look and he kind of took the credit for most of it danny elfman did the score just a, a wonderful movie and it, at the time it was one of those movies that you wished they'd had like figures and like t-shirts and everything for but they did nothing the only reason they ever did any sort of merchandise for it was because it it became a big hit in japan after it did that, it then became a big hit with emos in America and everything else. And then it became a huge thing that is now. And now he can get fucking everything with Jack Skeleton on. So that that, that is literally one of my favorite Christmas movies. Number three, Nightmare Before Christmas. Number two would be The Grinch. And controversially, not the animated Boris Karloff Grinch but the Jim Carrey Grinch. So I would, <laughs> I was waiting for Boo to kick in to go. Oh, the that, silence betrays you, Boo. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of comedy. And um, as such, I, I have a certain affinity for comedians who to the public, I might not be um, that, that, that good an actor. I mean, people like, <laughs> and we'll defend them. People like Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, people like that. Maybe not Rob Schneider, but because um, I'm a big fan of SNL and like the old American comedies and stuff that they came from before uh, Jim yeah. Carrey was in Living Color. So I will defend these guys to the hill. The Grinch is not a bad film. No. And the other thing is, I'm not really a fan of Dr. Seuss. I didn't read the Dr. Seuss kids uh, books as a kid. So for me, The Grinch was just a standalone film, a Christmas film. I had seen the original one and I remember it specifically because it was in the first Home Alone the, uh, the the Grinch song. And that's one of the first times I'd heard the word heel. I think one of the lyrics is, you're a heel, Mr. Grinch. Ah, fair deal. So, yes. So I'm, I'm, my silence was... was was uh, on purpose that that's allowed dave you can you can have the grinch okay well there we go i'm i'm choosing the grinch at number two with jim carrey uh, just a wonderfully made film the special effects are amazing it's ron howard directing is the guy who directed forrest gump for god's sake and, you know, it, and he was uh, in the happy days yeah well we, we don't talk about that but yes absolutely a, a massive massive film for me I, I love the grinch every year that's the one i have to watch except my number one movie, which is, as I'm sure people who have listened to the Milking It podcast will not be surprised, is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Because A, I fucking love New York, and B, I fucking love Tim Curry. So this is the perfect Christmas movie for me. Absolutely no, I, 100%. Sorry, go on. No, no, I totally, I, I'd actually preferred... Uh, lost in new york to the original oh absolutely the original is all right yeah but i saw home alone 2 three times in the cinema and i saw it with my mom and it was one of those moments of finding a film where both of us just laughed out loud every time you know there is nothing funnier than someone being hit in the head with a can of paint because <laughs> Home Alone 2 for me, and it was the reason that when I went to New York, I went to specific places because I remember it from that film. Did you go uh, to the toy shop, Dave? It, that toy shop does not exist. <laughs> Sadly, I found oh, out doing research that does not exist. But yes, I, I went to as close approximation of that toy shop as you can do. But yeah. 
the, the hotel exists, but sadly, Tim Curry is not behind there telling us what? to wrap out warm because it's cold outside. But yeah, absolutely. Home Alone 2, for me, is my Christmas movie. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel safe. It is my absolute big, let's say it, bucket of win. So there's 10 Christmas movies there for you milksters to enjoy over the festive season. Um, I'm glad we had different choices, Dave. Mm. Proof positive that if you put your minds to it, kids, you can talk about any old bollocks for 15 minutes. Uh, That was myself and Boo chit-chatting with our top five Christmas movies of all time. You may have noticed one of us might have had a few eggnogs before we discussed that. Uh, Proof positive that, uh, yet again, 2014 needs to be a sober year when broadcasting for the Dave. Next up is Jay. Jay has provided us with so much entertainment, it's untrue. Uh, fabulously edited, well-written, absolutely wonderfully performed. Um, the Sticky Floor Fun Emporium, which has been with us since day one, in fact formed the teaser YouTube video for the Milking It podcast before we even sat down and chit-chatted and broadcast our first uh, episode. Um, the best thing about it is that he provides this entertainment for free, not only to you, but also to me. Uh, so, Jake, thank you very much, and please keep it coming. Um, it's literally one of my favourite things. I never, ever listen to the, the uh, stuff that Jay sends me before I drop it into the podcast. So the first time I get to hear it is when I'm copying and pasting it into the main thing when I'm sat here trying to blunder my way through using the very basic PC equipment that we use to uh, put together the Milking It podcast. So here is Jay with another wonderfully edited, wonderfully written and wonderfully delivered moment. This is his top five in his Christmas movies of all time. A Golden Christmas. A Golden Christmas 2. A Golden Christmas 3. Santa Buddies. The Search for Santa Paws. A Dog Named Christmas. The Dog Who Saved Christmas. The Dog Who Saved Christmas Vacation. The Twelve Dogs of Christmas. The Twelve Dogs of Christmas 2, Great Puppy Rescue. Spot's Magical Christmas. The Dog Who Saved the Holidays. Santa Paws 2, The Santa Pups. Chilly Christmas. The Adventures of Bailey, Christmas Hero. Santa's Dog. A Christmas Wedding Tale. 19. That's 19, yes, 19 films about golden retrievers at Christmas. Wow, what a well-catered-for yet incredibly niche market. Unfortunately, none of those films make my list. Let's start at number five, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, this was a Christmas film. It was set at Christmas anyway. It's my favourite Bond film, I think. It features Telly Savalas as Blofield, a neck roughed and unfairly maligned George Lazenby, plus a shit ton of snow. What could be more Christmas than that? It also featured the closest thing to character development for Bond until some 30 years later, as the normally ice-cold spy suffers huge emotional grief as he cradles the corpse of his wife, who is mercilessly gunned down in the very last scene. Ah, how Christmassy. Ho, ho, ho. Number four, Home Alone. Of course, Home Alone. Joe Pesci hamming it up, Macaulay Culkin actually getting paid, The Scary Boiler, Carol of the Bells, la 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 la. 
those ridiculous booby traps that would kill people, and of course the McCann-style parenting. Classic John Hughes. Good work, John Hughes. It's a pity you're dead. So let's give you number three as well to commiserate your loss. More classic John Hughes. Is it his best ever? I think so. Of course it is, and of course it's planes, trains and automobiles. Martin and Candy at the peak of their comedic powers. Chemistry aflame in what's easily one of the best, if not the best, road movie ever made. Will Neil Page make it home for... Oh, shit. Thanksgiving? Ah, fuck it. It had snow in it and turkey. Balls. Better think of another one then, hadn't I? So here's the real number three. A Christmas Carol. Just a Christmas Carol, or Scrooge, or take your pick of George C. Scott, Alistair Sim, Bill Murray, Mickey Mouse, Albert Finney, uh, Jim Carrey, Simon Callow, Blackadder, or the fucking Muppets. It's the quintessential Christmas story. Boy, what day is this? Why, it's Christmas Day, sir. Very good, very good. Get to the nearest all-night garage and get me the finest DVD of my story that you can. Very good, sir. Even the Kelsey Grammar one? No, no. Uh, fuck you, boy. Fuck you. I've changed my mind. Christmas is fucking shit again. Number two, Gremlins. Because yay! Gremlins is the second best movie that opened on June the 8th, 1984. The first and best, of course, being Ghostbusters. Endlessly rewatchable, incredibly funny, and at times perilously scary. Gremlins is up there with the cream of 80s classics. Also, it features Phoebe Cates. Oh, I wouldn't mind unwrapping on Christmas morning, you know what I mean? <laughs> cool, blimey, cool, bl- Oh, she got fat. She got quite fat, yes. I'll remember you as you were, Phoebe. It's Christmas. Gremlins also shares a direct link with my number one choice, as its Kingston Falls location was modelled on Bedford Falls, which is, of course, the town in... Number one! It's a wonderful life. Yeah, it's a popular choice, and it's schmaltzy, and it's sugary, but it's a bona fide outright winner all the same. Old George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, is a lovely bugger, kind and loving to everyone he meets. He's also, unfortunately, an absolute luckless fucking loser who contemplates ending his life when things just don't plan out the way he wanted them to. That is until he meets Clarence, a wingless angel who is tasked with showing George what the town would be like if he never existed. If the end of this movie doesn't make you shed a single tear, I suggest that you check to see if you have a metal endoskeleton. Because clearly, dude... You have zero fucking humanity in you. It is the saddest film, but it's sad in a good way. It's a joy and elation bubbles up inside you and spews out like a cock or a volcano. It's been parodied hundreds of times, no doubt in at least one of those Golden Retriever films I mentioned earlier, and there's no doubt why it's the best Christmas story ever. Go now and go and warm those bloody cockles of yours. Yeah, sorry Die Hard 1 and 2, Batman Returns, and the E-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Maybe next year, eh? 
that was Jay's top five movies. Um, next up, I'm going to read you, uh, Andrew, Judas Carter's uh, top five. Uh, Judas was involved in a mini milk a few months ago. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, please go back and listen. It was a really, really fun chat. And uh, we sort of chit-chat about this, that and everything. But the, the main uh, sort of crux of it, about 40 minutes of it, was uh, just discussing uh, WWE 2K14 and uh, the merits of downloadable content in games nowadays but uh, genuinely great and we had some really really good feedback from it he was definitely one of the highlights of doing the uh, the uh, milking it podcast so far so uh andrew has two lists uh, he starts off and says his top five movies uh, are the top five set at christmas so number five ghostbusters 2 not Christmas per se, but New Year is part of the Christmas holidays, and I'm such a Ghostbusters fan that I'm including it. I don't care what people think about the sequel, I love it as much as the original. I've seen it just as many times as the first one, which is probably six or seven times a year. Number four. Trading Places. It's Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd at their prime. What more needs to be said? Number three. Iron Man 3. It was the first post-Avengers Marvel movie and in my mind hit the ground running. It has a buddy cop feel to it and I loved the Mandarin twist. Looking forward to watching it on Sky Movies premiere on Christmas Day. Number two. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The film that helped restore Robert Downey Jr. from movie jail before Iron Man shot him to the moon. Written and directed by Shane Black, the writer of Lethal Weapon and the writer-director of Iron Man 3. Hilarious stuff and needs to be watched. He simply says... Number one, Die Hard. Need I say more? His second top five is a top five Christmas themed. So at number five, Jingle All The Way. Arnie versus Sinbad for the hot ticket item. Number four, Santa Claus The Movie. John Lithgow versus Santa. Number three, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. The first vacation movie. Number two, Elf. Peter Dinklage being called an angry little elf. Number one, Die Hard, because it's fucking Die Hard. Honourable mentions from Judas, Bad Santa, The Santa Claus, and Batman Returns. Those were Judas's Christmas movies. So when it comes to illustration, there's only one man we rely on at the Milking Podcast, and that is our illustrator extraordinaire, Dino Peppers, the man behind the illustrations that you see every time that you click on your Android or your iPod or you whatever the fuck you download your mp3s on i don't know i'm not in your life um yeah it's dino peppers and he is the curator of eight o'clock comics he is the man behind the myth behind the legend that instagram account of all them fat cats and lots of people in lucha masks yes it is dino peppers and he has provided us with his top five christmas movies of all time and here's your chance to hear them as i said before he is the man who makes morrissey sound like he's been on mogadon this man is so excitable it's Oh, it'll blow your fucking mind. Here's Dino! <coughs> so a few days ago, I got an email from Boo and Dave, the presenters of the Lightful Milking It podcast asking me to contribute my top five films for the Christmas edition of their show. Wow, I thought, what a tough question. My top five films? 
I mean, there are so many great films, how does one limit themselves to just five? Do I show my appreciation of the classics? Or my love of bad movies? Or do I just choose those films that have helped shape my life? Then I had a thought. Why do they want my top five films for the Christmas podcast? A quick reread of the email made me realise they were my top five Christmas films for the podcast. Nah, it's so much easier to decide now. There are a lot less movies to choose between. And I fucking hate Christmas. The festive season is just a bullshit excuse for people to be greedy, lazy and hypocritical about being nice to each other. I mean this overly commercialised holiday can just fucking do one as far as I'm concerned. But bar humbuggery aside, I do have a top 5 selection for you. Number 5. The Nightmare Before Christmas. What's this? What's this? A Tim Burton film without Helen the Bond and Carter and Johnny Depp? You just know if it was George Lucas he would have remastered it with them in by now. Thankfully he isn't though, and we have this original little musical romp which covers both the holidays of Halloween and Christmas, using what are now the most recognisable stop motion characters outside of Wallace, Gromit and more. Number 4, It's a Wonderful Life. Now for years I hated this film, I always thought it was a bunch of smorchy, lovey-dovey Hollywood crap, but then I actually watched it. And fuck me is it depressing. Uh, poor old George Bailey gets shit on his entire life, and he's only got his family keeping the same. Then one Christmas, the shit hits him and the fan next to him, which only helps to cover him in more shit than usual, and he decides to top himself. Suicide in the Christmas movie. But everybody is always happy at Christmas, right? Number three, Scrooged. I'm pretty sure you know the Christmas Carol tale by now. A miserable old cunt gets visited by three ghosts and he changes his evil ways. Now I'm sure a lot of people will think this story can apply to all people that hate Christmas. But Scrooge was an arsehole all year round. I'm a fucking ball of sunshine and kittens most of the time. Anyway, this is a modern day <coughs> 90s take on the tale. And the story is so good, you really only need good actors in the parts. And with this one you've got Bill Murray playing the Scrooge role. So you can't lose. Number two, Gremlins. <coughs> <coughs> a Christmas film for kids that's quite dark and scary with some killings that if you took away the gremlins and replaced them with people would actually be brutal as hell. I mean, one goes in a blender, another one gets stabbed to death quite violently, and another one goes in a microwave. And then we have the other recurring theme on this list, suicide, with Phoebe Cates, why I hate Christmas speech, putting the film down to the dark route that is almost anti-Christmas. Lovely. And number one, A Muppet's Christmas Carol. You know what I said about Scrooge? That and fucking Muppets. So those are my top five Christmas films. One film set in a land of horror, torture and pain. Two films featuring characters resembling death. And two films that talk openly about suicide. Yeah, I'm a real Christmas guy as you can tell. I've been Dino Peppers. You can check my website out at 8oclockcomics.com where you can buy my comics, t-shirts and art prints. And I'm pretty sure someone was expecting me to put Die Hard on the list, but it's not because it's not actually a Christmas film, sorry. Bar humbug and fuck off. 
So that was Dino's uh, top five Christmas movies of all time. And uh, now we find ourselves at the end of those top fives. And uh, a very special treat for those who took the teat. It's a Christmas moment where Jay goes behind the scenes and gives us the backstory bollocks of a very jolly fat man. Yes, usually it's Boo. But this time, it's Santa Claus. <laughs> going to talk about BZ. Who in the name of Odin is BZ? Well, take your fat hands away from your exasperated face for a second and look at your expanding waistline. Yep, remember what partly caused that layer of repulsive lard around your waist? Yep, the advent calendar. You've been opening those doors early, haven't you? They look suspiciously open to me. The 24th in particular, you just couldn't wait, could you? Huh? Huh? You disgust me, and more importantly, you disgust Santa Claus. You won't be getting any presents, and neither will BZ, as he died on Christmas Day in 1985. He was, of course, the main antagonist in Dudley Moore vehicle, Santa Claus the Movie, as portrayed by scenery-chomping John Lithgow. BZ was a tyrannical chief executive of a toy company who turned out products shonkier than the first week of GTA Online. In the movie, he abused the trust of an elf named Joe to create magic candy canes. Now, the magic imbibed in these candy canes was the ability to fly, rather than adjusting the taste so they're mildly edible, unlike the J-shaped lumps of solidified toothpaste we've endured since childhood. When we last saw him, BZ had overdosed on these sugary so-called treats and started entering the upper atmosphere to presumably die of asphyxiation, which is obviously a perfect scene to end a children's movie about Father Christmas. But just what caused BZ to end up a dick? Let's pretend that we're the History Channel and we'll make up some documentaries about aliens and things. <coughs> I mean, uh, discover just what turned BZ into a shithead. BZ was always on Santa's naughty list. As we know, Santa is a judgmental prick, imposing his moral standards on others, and if they don't conform or believe in him, they don't get rewarded. Thank God we've all grown out of that as adults, eh? Yes, indeed. Thank God. BZ quickly racked up all the negative Lapland reviews it could muster. He hated Christmas as a child, an early age realising it was a highly commercialised, debt-inducing build-up to what essentially amounts to a Christmas edition of the movie Groundhog Day. BZ tired of being forced to wake up at 6am because his spoiled brothers and sisters wanted to open their quickly forgotten about pieces of plastic shit. Then the production line of Enforced Fun stopped at Christmas dinner, otherwise known as Argue Around the Dry Old Tasteless Bird. BZ didn't enjoy Christmas much more as an adult either, starting his career in retail, repeatedly receiving abuse from the matriarchs and patriarchs of over-entitled families, who somehow forgot the date of Christmas Day every fucking year. BZ worked insane hours for very little reward, eventually getting his so-called holiday season of just one day before returning to work for even more embittered abuse from parents that had forgotten batteries or were moaning about some shit. When he dared to question his hatred of Christmas, even for a second, he would be shouted down with a witty riposte such as 
Grinch or Scrooge, because others somehow couldn't understand the two months of build-up to a never-ending cycle of depressing, robotic, deja vu enforced fun may not be to everyone's taste. And so, BZ eventually grows so disconsolate with the whole concept and Farago that he decided to exploit the fuck out of it for vast amounts of money. Yes, just like every major company, including shitty John Lewis and their pissy advertising campaigns featuring yet another female singer doing an incredibly sincere shit acoustic version of a pop hit. Screw them. Screw Jeffrey the child enslaving giraffe at Toys R Us. And screw the cola truck too. Um, this is all what BZ thought. <clears throat> it should be Santa dead in that cold infinity of space, BZ. Not you. Never you. Sleep well, my prince. You're my hero. And that's it for today. Thanks. Merry Christmas! Proof, if proof be needed, that I don't listen to it before I put it into the podcast. Yes, I was laughing along, but I was also slightly embarrassed. It wasn't about Santa at all, was it? That was what I said it before. I said it was about some jolly fat guy, wasn't it? It's was about BZ from Santa Claus. Anyway, yes, you realised that, didn't you? Within about 12 seconds of listening to Jay's wonderful uh, backstory bollocks. Um, thank you very much to Jay. Thank you very much to Dino. Thank you very much to Judas. Thank you to Boo Lamont, my hetero life mate. The Jay to my silent Bob, if you will. Um... This has been the Milking It podcast for Christmas. It's the mini milk that you deserve. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, please spread it around. Get people to listen. Get people to get on board. Because from January, we go back to normal. Like I said at the beginning, once a week, we'll be there. Tugging the tea to popular culture until it explodes all over your face. And we will, without a doubt, have a hell of a 2014. Good night. Mr. Kringle is soon gonna jingle The bells that'll tingle all your troubles away Everybody's waiting for the man with the bag Cause Christmas is coming again He's got a sleigh full, it's not gonna stay full He's got stuff to drop at every stop of the way Everybody's waiting for the man with the bag Cause Christmas is coming again He'll be you've made through the year you'll get yours if you've done everything you should extra special good he'll make this december the one you'll remember the best and the merriest you ever did have everybody's waiting for the man with the bag christmas is here